Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm your host, Noah Strackbine, joined by my main man, Stephen Thompson, over at Inside the Panthers, my right-hand man at All Steelers, spent the day at training camp, first time in Latrobe, as always, forgot to tell you guys to go like us, subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash all Steelers talk. Also check out the all Steelers talk audible collection, anywhere you get your podcast. Steven, I just started my tangent there. Your first time at Latrobe. It rained on us for 50 seconds. And in that 50 seconds, you learn that Latrobe rain is not normal rain. And I also think that the quarterback battle took its biggest turn today while you were there. How you feeling? How was your first day at Latrobe? I loved it. Ate really well at Latrobe. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was it was it's awesome to see a full practice like that in front of a ton of fans. Um, to see guys in pads, you know, I've never been that close to guys that big hitting each other that hard. Um, so that was really cool, and I really really had a lot of fun today. Yeah, it was definitely a good time. It was a good practice. I love that they put pads on. I think it changes a lot. Your first fights, you saw two of them. Cam Hayward versus Benny Snell, TJ Watt versus Calvin Austin. Was it what you were expecting when grown men who play professional football get into each other's face? Well, not really because they didn't, you know, on paper, you take the tail of the tape. It doesn't really seem like fair fights. I mean, Benny Snell versus Cam <laughs> Hayward is kind of a little bit of a closer matchup. But Calvin Austin versus TJ Watt, like what are, what are we doing? Um, luckily, they had teammates breaking them up. I thought the Cam Hayward one was particularly interesting just because Cam had to be had to be restrained like pretty, pretty, uh, pretty intensely. Like his teammates had to really keep him, keep him away from Betty Snell. Um, we know Betty Snell's not afraid to speak his mind uh, and stand up for himself. So I, I guess that wasn't a surprise, but I thought Cam was, I guess, a little bit of a gen, uh, not gentler soul, but just kind of a calmer, more level-headed guy. You know, I didn't expect him to, to kind of let loose like that, but he did. And it was, it was interesting to watch, you know, up close in person. It, it's interesting when you see a fight start because you don't, you don't really see it start very rarely. You see like the aftermath, you see the the climax and the conclusion, but you don't. You very rarely like see them start. You like, you know, have to do a double take twice and you see guys <laughs> like don't each other and restraining each other. So it's just interesting like that being that close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely is. Benny Snell, we know firsthand experience that he does like to stand up for himself. That was the first time I will say I've seen Cam in a lot of fights. 
I've never seen Cam try to fight his way through people to get to somebody. So whatever Benny Snell said as he was walking away stuck and it hit. And I, I mean, props to Benny Snell. That's good smack talk. Obviously nothing was taken to heart. It's football, but in the moment, Cam probably could have, he would have ate his lunch and it would have been, it would have been bad. Uh, who won? I, nobody won. Nobody let Cam get to Benny Snell, but he was getting through. Like, there was no stopping Cam. It took four or five guys. And then as he was walking away, he was mad at Monty Adams for pulling him back as much as he did. And then TJ is not a fighter. Like, Calvin Austin got up in TJ's face. TJ just kept talking and, like, running back because TJ knows that he would just destroy anybody. It's not even a fair fight. So he's more of a let him play on the field. But I would say defense won both times, especially yeah. because if it if it did get worse, like there's not you couldn't pick two worse guys to get into a physical altercation with than those two. Right. The betting lines would have been pretty lopsided. Um, yes. Yeah. Something like that actually happens. Yeah. Would have been bad. All right. The rest of camp. I think we have to start with the quarterbacks. It's no secret, and I put it in the quarterback notebook. Check that out on allsteelers.com. Mitchell Trubisky struggled a lot today. Threw seven straight incompletions to start practice. Um, I don't remember what he finished, but it wasn't a good day by no means. The rest of the guys looked okay. What were your takeaways watching those guys today? Yeah, I, I think you kind of covered it. Mitch, Mitch did not look especially sharp. Um, you know, just just – Passes weren't on target. Um, I thought the decision-making at some times was a little just, just weird. Like he had guys open and he would instead throw maybe shorter passes to someone who was a little more covered. And while, I don't know, it, it's – at times it was tough to, I think, evaluate the quarterbacks completely um, just because I thought the O-line, especially the kind of second and third teams that Mitch, that uh, Kenny and Mason were working with were not particularly sharp either. Um, but I think even against pressure, like Mason and Kenny both had like – had more highlights. Uh, you know, Kenny, I think, worked around the pressure that he was he was facing really well. Um, I think that's something that people can kind of expect from from Kenny Pickett. He has strong legs. He's creative. Um, he knows how to he knows how to throw on the run. So I think that kind of played to his strength a little bit. Whereas, uh, you know, I think especially Mason is certainly the least mobile of all three. But we did see Mason complete a uh, complete a really long pass um, today. That that was really nice. Um, yeah, true. It'd be be interesting to see what everyone can do with like clean pockets all day, but still, I, I think Mitch was certainly the most disappointing. Um, he had he did not have he had the worst day of these of these three quarterbacks that we're talking about. Yeah, and I think the most telling part about that is you just said the second and the third string offensive line was was awful. They were rough. Mitch had the first string offensive line all day long, and he still couldn't get anything done. It it hit a point where. You, and people keep bringing it up like, oh, well, Mitch has been consistent. Mitch has been consistent, but he's also been consistently bad. He's yet to throw a touchdown in seven shots. We went through the numbers today. He is one and 16 or something like that in the last seven days in the red zone. So when you play goal line, when the Steelers play goal line formation, Mitchell Trubisky is one in 16 over the last week. That's terrible. You're working with the best offensive line. Oh, and by the way, his one completion wasn't a touchdown. It was stuffed at the goal line. So he isn't really turning heads the way that you would expect it to. Is Kenny a better option, though? 
I think that's the big question. When you watch Kenny Pickett, are you looking at him and going, oh, well, you know, he would give him the best shot. Right. We talked about this a little bit. Like, Mitch, I think on paper to a lot of people, feels like the surest thing. Just yeah. because he's been a starter in the NFL, he's done this for a few years, and Kenny Pickett is absolutely an unknown commodity. Like, you you have no idea how he's going to react to an NFL defense, a full regular season, and all of that. But it's hard for me to, like, it's hard for me to have watched them play today and say, yes, Mitchell Trubisky gives you a better yeah. chance to win. Because, I mean, yeah, Mitchell, yeah, Mitchell Trubisky has experience. None of it has yielded great results. I mean, I, you know, where he's playing for the bears, that was a tough situation, but, and you have to qualify what he did today by the fact that Chase Claypool didn't practice. Uh, Najee Harris didn't practice. Who else? There was another notable. Injury. Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryer. Yeah, yeah. He's working with all backups, but still. Right. It, but still, this is the, this is the best that they have. And so Mitch just did continue to come up, um, to come up short time and again. And like, it's, I don't know if it's Kenny Pickett gives you a better chance to win, but like there's there's potential there. There's something to work with there. There's like not that with Mitch. Like you know what Mitch is. And yep. he's shown you time, time and again, not just throughout his career, but in training camp, in OTAs, in minicamp, like all that stuff. It's we're not seeing a different Mitchell Trubitsky. I think I, I don't know, maybe maybe we've all I, – I felt it too. Like before, you know, we kind of saw them get into pads and stuff like the, over the past couple of weeks, we, I had kind of thought, okay, well, you know, change of scenery. Mitchell Trubisky, he can make this work. Um, you yeah. know, obviously he was a talented guy, but you're not seeing a different Mitchell, the different Mitchell Trubisky that I think everyone was counting on. No, I agree. And I think that's the thing is – so I looked at it the same way. I'm with you. I, my argument this entire time has been, well, if you're fighting for a Super Bowl – you want Mitchell Trubisky because he's a veteran and rookies don't win you Super Bowls. But now I'm looking at it and going, Mitchell Trubisky's not going to win you a Super Bowl either. So why wouldn't you just at least bare minimum give Kenny a shot? He doesn't have to start, but I think we've hit a point in the competition where Mitch has not flashed enough to say he is the guy that has to lose the job. If you're going to hold the standard of, Kenny Pickett has to win the job because he hasn't done anything. Mason Rudolph has to win the job because he hasn't done anything. You should hold the same standard for Mitchell Trubisky and say, well, Mitch has to win the job because he hasn't done anything. And if that's the logic, all three of them should be splitting first team reps. It shouldn't be, well, Mitch is the clear cut winner. And then we're going to let the other two battle it out. Because I think at this point, all it's showing is, Kenny looked a lot better with the, with the second team than he did the third team. Maybe he looks even better with the first team. So just to answer some questions, should Mason be the starter? I, I think Mason has shown much better strides than I expected him to. Mason was a dude who, I mean, even today, he threw that deep ball to Calvin Austin, stunned me because I, I say time and time again how he has no deep ball accuracy. I think over time this preseason or this offseason Mason has surprised me in a good way I still don't think he's the best option and I still think he's way too safe of a quarterback 90% of his throws are checkdowns. I mean you saw it you saw it in minicamp I pointed it right out to you like Mason's motion in the backfield is one swift look it's not read 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 it's throw to a check down 
and that's all you're going to get with him. But would you, if you're going to give, let me ask this. If you're going to give Kenny Pickett an opportunity, if that's the argument we're going to make, should the argument also be that Mason gets a shot as well? Well, I think that's, I think that's only fair, but I don't, I, I think I know where that race would go. I think if you put yeah. Kenny Pickett versus Mason Rudolph in a competition by themselves, I think Kenny Pickett would win that. And I think especially because I, I, you got to think of fit. I think someone said it, um, said it in the, in the comments earlier, like, uh, the Steelers are line struggling, like shocking. Like we know what this O line is going to be. It's not going to be particularly good. Yep. And that, and if that's the case, I would take Kenny Pickett's mobility and his accuracy when he's mobile over Mason, who, to put it lightly, can be a little stiff at times. Um, yes, stiff would be a good word. Right, and and just and Mason doesn't like show you enough with his arm to tell me that like his arm or his processing or anything like that to tell me that he can overcome those deficiencies as he had that he has in athleticism or that disadvantage that he has in athleticism to, to Kenny Pickett in particular. Yeah, I agree. To go back to the chat, how pre how are preseason reps going to go? I would say right now the best bet would be Mitchell Trubisky plays the first half of week one and Kenny and Mason split the second half and then they take it from there. I would say that's like so let me ask this what does Mitch have to do against Seattle to change your mind in this, to, to go back to, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, Mitch should probably be the starter and it's his job to lose. Like how impressive does he actually need to be? Well, I mean, that's like, that's an interesting question. Um, he's gotta be like really good. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's, if I have a better answer than he's gotta be like really good. Like he's gotta be really impressive. Like he has a much, he has a much higher bar for like, like, if Kenny Pickett was in his situation, like, I think Kenny Pickett would have a um, kind of lower standard for that. I think Mitch would have a higher standard in my book. Like, he would have to play really well in that in those preseason games for me to feel really confident. Um, it, I don't know. It's just, it's, he hasn't been accurate. He hasn't shown that he can, I don't know, just none of the stuff that we were promised about Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> if he plays like Mitchell Trubisky, if he does all the things, if he shows that he can move with his legs, if he can be on time, if he can like be a game manager, if he can do like any of this, if he can do any of the stuff that he was promised to do, sure, maybe. Like, I, I'm I'm just trying to like put into, I'm trying to like think hypothetically, which I think is hard, but like it's. It would take a lot, I, I think, is all I can give you right now, since that it would take a lot for me to have confidence in Mitchell Trubisky heading into this heading into this year. Yeah, I agree. I think that the answer is a lot. You have to Mitchell Trubisky would have to prove that he's capable of dominating this offense without the guys that aren't on the field right now. Because Deontay Johnson isn't going to play in a preseason game. Chase Claypool isn't going to play in a preseason game. Pat Fryermute's not going to play. Najee Harris isn't going to play in a preseason game. It's going to be Mitch, George Pickens, Anthony Miller, and Calvin Austin with Zach Gentry and possibly Jay Sternberger playing tight end. And he's got to go out there and say, I could win this football game, at least the first half of it, by myself alone. That's, that's not what he's looking for. He has to make people better. He has to make yeah. people better, and he has not. I have no faith that he can do that at this juncture. No, I agree. That's the thing is, people, so like the excuse, and, and Josh Roundtree said it to me today standing on the sidelines. 
I'm trying to keep the mindset that Deontay, Chase, Najee, and Pat are not in the game. Okay, well, George Pickens, Calvin Austin, Anthony Miller, Zach Gentry are. Like, and I'll give you Benny Snell. Like, I'm not going to toss Benny Snell in there, but Zach Entry is expected to play a decent role this season. George Pickens has already been named the star of Pittsburgh. He is the next greatest thing to touch turf. Calvin Austin is showing out every chance he gets. I mean, he caught an 80-yard touchdown from Mason Rudolph. You can't work with him? I think you could. Anthony Miller, a former second-round pick who's impressed a lot this training camp. I just think that the weapons are there. Mitch just isn't making things happen. That's where I'm worried about. Right. I mean, Kenny Pickett's Kenny Pickett hasn't worked with Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth and George Pickett. Like all, all these guys that we're saying are out, he hasn't worked with them regularly. Like yeah, why? Exactly. Why does Mitch? Why does Mitch get the benefit of the doubt that he will he will thrive in a different way than? Uh, why? Like why does he get the benefit of the doubt that he will thrive in a different way with those important weapons next to him versus Kenny Pickett or even Mason Rudolph? Like. Are we sure that the marginal difference of Mitch with a whole with a full first team offense versus like Kenny with a full first team offense? Like, I don't know. If you're if you're gonna play that game and you're gonna say, uh, you know, Mitch needs all the weapons around him to fully evaluate him, then you gotta say yep. the same for it. <laughs> exactly. How are you fully evaluating Kenny Pickett if he's throwing the football to Tyler Vaughn's? You can, you just can't. And the same with Mason Rudolph. If you're not gonna give either of them an opportunity then you're just holding back. That Then this is a farce competition. It's not real. And once the Steelers go 7-9 and nine or 7-10 or, and 10 or whatever it is, at that point, that's on the coaches because they didn't hold an actual competition. They just put Mitchell Trubisky there and said, this is our answer, and then they screwed up, which I think is fine if it was just Mason, Dwayne Haskins, and Mitchell Trubisky. But that's not what it is. I would say that's even fine if Malik Willis was here because Malik Willis needs to develop. But Kenny Pickett has been labeled pro-ready his the last year and a half. So, well, well, Mike Tomlin said that himself today. He was like, "Yeah, we're not expecting a long maturation process from Kenny Pickett. Like, we, yeah. we expect so give him, him an to... opportunity, right? So, like, what are we what are we doing? Why did we draft it? Why did you draft this guy in the first round anyway? Like, what what's the point of all this? But... Exactly. All right, move on. Moving on. Other people who impressed at training camp today, I think Jalen Warren stands out a lot. This is two days in a row that this dude is making a lot of noise. Um, I think that the only question that people care about, is he better than Anthony McFarland from what you saw today? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we saw uh, Jalen Warren like catch the ball a whole lot. Um, you know, I, play as a receiver a whole lot, which I, I think um, I think Anthony McFarlane might be – Yeah, I, I forget who said it today on the sideline with us, but you watch Anthony McFarlane catch a swing pass and come charging up the field, and you're mesmerized a little bit. Like, his legs move yeah. fast. He's, he has quick titches, twitches. Like, he's fun to watch in the open field, and I love that about Anthony McFarlane. I thought he had a good day today. But when you think about the way the Steelers are going to – play I feel like it's they're gonna need someone who can run up the middle a little bit um kind of be like a second Najee when Najee's not in I guess if the goal is to take take some wear off of Najee's legs I don't think Anthony McFarland's gonna be able to do that to you or do that for you he doesn't he's not built to take the kind of hits that that you want to 
take away from Najee. Um, so I guess if the question is who's better equipped to uh, to make to make this to you know make the roster or um, you know see some more snaps, I think I think Warren's probably the better the better guess. Um, and, and I think talking to Jalen Warren today, one of the big concerns, if not the biggest concern, that the Steelers coaching staff had for him was his conditioning. And he seems to have addressed that, you know, at least yeah. according to his coaches and according to him. Um, so if the fix is that simple, and if all Jalen Warren needs to do was get conditioned, then I'd have to give the nod to Jalen Warren. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think Jalen Warren's got an opportunity. My problem is, is that it's early, and we've seen this in the past. You know, we've seen the Matthew Sexton. We've seen the Kalen Balaj. We've seen the guys show up here, look really, really good at the beginning, and then – Game two of the preseason rolls around and they faded into the dust. Tuzar Skipper, preseason hero, has done literally nothing with his NFL career and now he's right back in Pittsburgh. That you have to see what you could do in the preseason. Anthony McFarland so far has done literally nothing throughout his entire NFL career, but he looks promising. Jalen Warren, I think, is still fighting from the from the bottom up. Somebody said Jim Wexel said something real interesting to us today when we were eating dinner, though. Jalen Warren is a dude who doesn't think about it. He just plays football. And I think that's so true. Jalen Warren is looking at this and just saying, well, you know, if I got to run into TJ Watt, I got to run into TJ Watt. It is what it is. I think a lot of people, especially in that situation where they're fighting from the ground up, look at it more as, okay, I have to stay healthy. I have to look good, but I don't want to get hurt. You know, what are the chances of actually this working out? I think Jalen Warren's just looking at it just like, yeah, man, I'll bulldoze over everybody. I do not care. This is my one opportunity to get into the NFL. I mean, I spoke to him during OTAs, and he gave me that vibe a lot. Just like, I'm just going to be Jalen Warren. I've been an underdog my whole life. I don't really care about it. At this point, I'm just going to win. I think that gives him an upper hand. I would say he is definitely fighting from the bottom up, but Mike Tomlin likes him. If you're an undrafted rookie and Mike Tomlin's talking about you, that's something good to look at. You know, that's, that's just at that point, you're in the right ship at least a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, this is what Jalen Warren's done his whole life, you know, like, yeah. UCO to Utah state, to Oklahoma state to, you know, to the NFL, like uh, this guy's built to, to play from behind a little bit. So I, I, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, no doubt. Um, just to, touch on some stuff. I know that we've run through this already, but has Mason thrown with the ones yet? Um, no, Mason has not thrown with the ones yet. He's actually been playing third. Not good. Um, I, I think that Warren's the standout guy. Scott, I can never remember this guy's name. Never, could never, ever remember. What position do you play? Outside linebacker. And it's on me. I literally wrote about him. He's the head of my takeaways, and I still can never remember this guy's name. Delonte Scott. Excuse me. Sorry about that. He's another guy that I think has stood out. He's looked very good the last two days with pads on. Somebody that, I mean, the Steelers need an outside linebacker, and I don't know if he's going to make the team. But he reminds me of a Tuzar skipper. He reminds me of an Ola Adenini. Like, those guys that came out from nowhere and just had a really good camp showed that they are actually capable. Again, when you're running with the third team, I mean, batting Mason Rudolph's ball down today, everybody lost their mind. 
it was not that impressive. Like I could, you had to beat Jake Dixon to get there. I probably had a pretty good shot of beating Jake Dixon to get there. That's just, that's just what it is. Jannard Avery has looked good. Uh, the last two days, he's got really quick hands, really fluid off the ball. Uh, I think he's going to be fine. And Mike Tomlin talked a little bit about him yesterday, uh, working on outside linebacker. So I feel really good about those guys. Anybody else that stood out to you today, uh, both positively and negatively? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, um, I'll give you a couple. First off, Cam Sutton. Um, I mean, I don't know. Oh. Uh, I, I, this is obviously someone who's going to make the roster and I think play play a big part. But there was one point uh, in practice where I think they had thrown – the offense had thrown a total of six passes to that point. Cam Sutton had broke yeah. up, broken up two of them. They didn't really get targeted for the rest of the rest of practice, and you kind of understand no. why. Um, he's just he's just a good football player. Like, he just knows what he's doing. He's a veteran. Like, I, I'm a big Cam Sutton fan. Um, I think he's going to be an important leader. Um, and, yeah, he, he just – Played really well today, um, so I, I was really impressed watching him. Um, and then also, I had a lot of fun watching Tyler Sneed today. He they did a kind of one on one, or not a one on one, but yeah, it was it was a one on one blocking drill, DBs versus wide receivers. Um, and there was one rep uh, where uh, he was going up against Chris Steele, and Chris Steele, <laughs> you know, had Chris Steele had a lot. They had kind of a lot to prove. The rep before, um, his coach had told that he, you know, didn't give a good rep. His coach told him to come back and do it again. It's him versus Sneed. And Sneed gives him a big hit. Steele kind of pushes him back a little bit, but Sneed then just drives him right into the ground, gives him a pancake. And Steele got, uh, Chris Sneed, or Tyler Sneed, I'm sorry, uh, mixing up names, got really fired up about it. Um, had a couple of other nice, uh, nice catches, you know, during kind of seven on seven work and 11 on 11 stuff. But, um, yeah, I just thought that intensity was really – it was fun to watch. Um, yeah, you know, I have no idea if he's a 53-man roster guy, if he'll if he'll contribute at all. But, it, man, it was fun to watch today, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I would say Sutton stood out to me a lot. And I, the, the good part about Sutton is not a lot of people were super high on him playing the outside this season. I think people expected Levi Wallace to overtake that. I think Wallace has looked great on the outside. He looks much more natural out there. I think he might have needed a year. He's not the fastest guy on the field, but he's super smart, and he's capable of using that at pretty much at all times. Sutton's a dude. I mean, I expect Sutton to make plays, especially if Akella Witherspoon's clicking and guys are forced to go to Sutton's side this season. I could see a lot of things going on there. Um, on the other side of that battle that you were just talking about, Chris Steele did not impress me today, but he's been looking good out there. He's a guy that, I mean, there is zero chance he makes the roster, but it'd be really cool to see him, you know, as like a Donovan Steiner practice squad guy, just hope to make it one day. That would be, that would be the move. Um, Kendrick Green versus Kevin Dotson. I think the play that stood out to me the most is, do you remember the Anthony McFarlane play where, it was just a giant scrum of both right. sides of the football. Yeah. And somehow Anthony McFarlane pushed an entire line seven, eight yards and leading the way is Kevin Dotson. And I think that stood out to me. They're going back and forth. It's, it's difficult because for one, the first string offensive line doesn't look as bad as I expected them to. I had very low expectations, but I think they're kind of holding their own at least to a degree where, Guys are doing enough to 
make plays and allow the quarterback to have some time. I feel like overall it's a pretty good group. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah, I agree. And I think it's, it's, it's really hard to evaluate offensive line from like where we are. Um, and just when things aren't fully live and full contact, and you're not, you know, not playing through everything, but definitely you're right. That, that play certainly stood out to me. Um, yeah. That, that Doxon was leading the way. I, you know, Anthony McFarland is definitely not pushing any piles by himself, but uh, so I think no, yeah. no, no. Um, all right, before we head, before we head out here, we'll go back to the quarterback competition real quick. The seventy-five yard bomb to Calvin Austin, beautiful pass by Mason Rudolph. You got to give him your props to that one. I mean, Mason swam or flew very under the radar today. His bomb to Calvin Austin was beautiful. That was a great pass. You do have to mention, and maybe this is more on Calvin Austin than it is Mason Rudolph, but he was playing Lyndon Stevens. That was the corner, and most people won't know who that is, and that's exactly the point is, you know, playing through. Calvin Austin shouldn't be the third-team wide receiver. Just shouldn't happen. But it, it was a beautiful pass. Um, and then Chris Oladokun. Hasn't taken a rep yet. The right. question is, should he take a rep or should you just forget about him and blame the Steelers for wasting a draft pick on Chris Oladokun? Well, we, we don't know. We like, we can't, we can't make that judgment yet because we haven't seen him play. We have not seen him play. We have not seen him take no. reps. And that is like, that's the thing. Like nobody knows. I doubt even the Steelers know what they want to do with him because like, no. what, what value does he have just standing behind the quarterbacks and like, you know, oh, taking his drop without a ball on air. And like, it, it just makes no sense to me. And I would be, I could, I would be so incredibly frustrated if I was Chris Oladokun. I would, I would go into my Tomlin's office and be like, what am I doing here? What do you want yeah. me to do? I, Cause if I'm not practicing, then what, what is the point of any of this? There's zero point. He should have already been gone. And if you're a seventh round pick, imagine how excited you are. You're a dude from, South Dakota, believe it's South Dakota, snuck his way into the bottom of the draft, came in here, got a shot in the two-minute drill at the end of minicamp. People were talking about how you have an opportunity to make this team at least be a scout team guy. Not even touching the field. Not one, We're a week and a day into training camp. There's been nine practices, eight practices, whatever. He has not taken a single rep that's josh dobbs got more reps that's just it's just doesn't make any right, sense telling, whatsoever you're telling me there are no snaps for him over the course of like exactly week. exactly there's nothing there's nothing he can do there's nothing like right like come on you i don't know you don't have to give him first team reps but like just let him play like let him play a little bit see what you have this is it's it needs something and th there is a lot i've been talking about this one a lot if you trade Mason Rudolph, he's the practice squad guy. I think that's true. My issue with that is that I was much more sold on a Mason Rudolph trade before he got moved to the threes because at that point, I thought Mason would have had an opportunity to kind of trade himself out of Pittsburgh because you're going to get phone calls. Like The only reason the Steelers wouldn't trade Mason Rudolph is if he didn't get any phone calls and at this point he might not get any phone calls because he's not going to get 
you're going to need some serious injuries to happen for a team to call and be like, here's a seventh round pick for Mason Rudolph. Other than that, you're just stuck with three quarterbacks. The asking price, if I remember correctly, was already so low. It was nothing higher than a fifth round draft, the single fifth round draft. Oh, you're not getting a fifth. There's no way. Seventh round pick for Mason Rudolph, max. Right. I remember seeing those rumors come out and I'm like, like, I don't know. If you can't get rid of him for that, then might as well cut him out. Like, cause you, that's, I mean, at this point, I just, Chris Oldokum, I mean, I, I hope he sticks around. I hope he gets an opportunity, but like, this is the time of the year when, yeah, like you, you're trying out for 32 teams because your game tape in Pittsburgh is going to be, or your practice tape in Pittsburgh is going to be what 32 other teams watch. Chris isn't even getting an opportunity. I mean, like, if he gets cut from the Steelers, they're going to leave him with nothing completely out to dry. Like in my opinion, it's a bad move by Pittsburgh. It's not, it's not fair to who Chris Oladelkin is. So I don't know. We will, uh, that, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's my, that's my look at that. Some people in the comments are saying, if you play him now, he's going to play himself out of the practice squad. I mean, maybe, maybe, I guess, but at this point, if you keep three quarterbacks on the active roster, you're not keeping Chris Oladokun on the practice squad. You don't need four quarterbacks on a roster. That's just right. Also, like you, way you, too many quarterbacks. You used a draft pick on a practice squad player? Yeah, like you're not exactly. A practice squad player that you have no – like Chris Oladokun, the intentions for Chris Oladokun should have been practice squad this year, potential backup next year. That's what the expectation should have been. He's a guy that you're not going to use any uh, this year. He's a, he's a bottom of the seventh round pick. And he, no matter who he was, he wasn't going to get playing time. Put him on the practice or not the practice squad, but the scout team this year. And then next year, hope that he has the potential to be a backup to Kenny Pickett. Now you're just looking at him and you're like, okay, well, you know, chances are we're not even going to see what he plays. And then and maybe next year we have a role for him. No. No, Chris Oladokun has been shipped to the bottom. I mean, to the bottom of all the barrels. And it's just, it, it's it like, just he, should, like he, he should, it's a waste. It was a waste of a draft pick. It was, a, it's, it's stinks for Chris Oladokun because he would have got an opportunity somewhere to at bare minimum have a practice rep so that he has tape to show other teams once he gets cut from Pittsburgh. It, it's, I mean, that's just at the end of the day, that's all you could say about it is yeah. it's just it stinks for Chris Oladokun. But you understand it if you're a quarterback competition, but at least find one, two reps for him, something. But something. by the seventh round, they knew they were going to be in a quarterback competition this year. Yeah, this, I, that wasn't a mystery. So, like, why why did you do this? It, it, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. All right. Before we head out here, one last question. Who's really burning? Calvin Austin on a go route from what we've seen. Absolutely. Nobody. The dude's got more speed than anybody on a football field. It's actually pretty remarkable. Uh, everybody make sure to go follow Steven on Twitter at Steven Thompson. No, at Steven what's your Twitter? E- yeah. Steven, my name, Steven with P H E T H O M. There it Steven is. Steven Tom. Tom, Steven Tom on Twitter. Check all this stuff out at inside the Panthers and all Steelers. I'll be back tomorrow with Donnie. Enjoy your night. And as always, like this video. Make sure to subscribe to us. YouTube.com slash all Steelers talk.